Welcome to the Rural Realities Podcast, presented by the Wisconsin Farm Center Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. I'm Bill Baker, and our guest today is Elaine Fraze, a Canadian farmer and farm transition specialist who helps farm families address the tough issues. As a farm transition coach, Elaine has authored four books and has given hope to more than a thousand farm families. She farms in southwestern Manitoba, Canada, her website farmfamilycoach.com. Elaine, thank you for joining us again. How should a farm family start the conversation about transitioning the farm to the next generation? Well, I I would really encourage farm families listening to this to really have some self-talk and self-reflection first. They need to be really clear about what they want, whether they're the founding couple and the people who own the farm, the parents, the grandparents, whatever, or whether they're the next generation hoping to succeed and continue the legacy of the farm. You, you have to be really clear about what you want. And quite often I find that families don't even know what they want. And particularly if the husband and wife as spouses do not agree, then you're, you're hooped from the start. And my friend Patty Duran says, without hope, you're hooped. And so you really need the, the Gen 1, who are called the founders, to agree on what they want the process to look like. And then the succeeding generation also needs to be in agreement with what kind of energy and drive they want to put towards the process. So that would be the first thing. The other thing to start the conversation would be a mindset. This is a journey. This is not a one-off event. So it's going to take a lot of energy, a lot of passion, and a lot of drive to keep staying in the process, to keep making appointments, to keep reading agreements, to keep the conversation positive and open to possibility. And so if you're going into this with a mindset that, oh, I just have to do this done, or, 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 or particularly if a heart attack, cancer, or stroke has been the motivation for doing it, it's, it's going to be a difficult process. So mindset and a good attitude to everyone working together and being open to possibility is also really important. Yes, having that positive attitude is key for sure. What are, say, like three big questions that a farm family should be asking? So I've been doing this work for over 40 years and and particularly as a certified coach in the last 20. And I've, I have agreement with a financial planner that I met in um, Saskatchewan at our Canadian Association of Farm Advisors. And it seems odd, but just keep these three questions in mind. So the first one is, what do you want your income stream to be and where is it going to come from? Of course, it's talking about money. And everybody's concerned about a fair exchange of value and fair compensation. And so parents are afraid of losing their wealth. They're afraid of failure and they're afraid of a loss of identity as they make the transition. So knowing that they they have a personal wealth bubble, perhaps outside of the farm, which for many of your listeners won't be the case, which is really unfortunate because then they don't have flexibility to take income from something that's not going to impact the farm business. So most farmers are looking at a way of getting an income stream for the next 20 to 30 years. If they're in their 60s, they need to know that they have secure income for the next 30 years. And that's a long time and it goes by quickly. And there may be extended health care or other issues further on that they need to also plan for. So income streams is the first question for both generations. Where are your income streams coming from? And what does that look like? And in order to determine that, you need to know what you need, which is why you need to have that talk with yourself about what kind of life you want and what kind of family living costs are going to be. The second question is, where are you going to live? Oh, Lane, I'm not moving out here till I'm dead. 
okay, so you're on the main yard where all the infrastructure of the business is, and you're not willing to switch houses with the next gen or uh, build another one or move to town or whatever the different options could be. So that residence issue is really key because typically there's a big fight between the, the gen one as to I'm not moving. Oh yes, you are. Uh, no, I'm not. And so that's also a cost because typically the spouse who has been farming with her husband and is a farmer as well, of course, she's looking at, wow, I've, I've given you my best 40 years and I really, really want a nice, small, modern house to live in that's not going to create a lot of energy. And that's going to cost money. And where's that money going to come from? So residence is a big issue. Thirdly, the third question is kind of the umbrella of our conversation today is the fairness question. And I have a YouTube video at, uh, on my channel at Farm Family Coach on YouTube which talks about FAIR, financial transparency, your attitudes towards money, your intention for your non-business heirs. So that's the third question. How do you plan to be fair to your children or your non-business heirs who are not going to be part of the farm business? I really think that if you can answer those three questions, you will be well on your way to your journey of getting a farm transition plan in place. Those are three important questions to get started for sure. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more questions during the transition. What other questions should each generation be asking? So let's start with the older generation, Gen 1, because I want them to be taken care of first because obviously they're the owners of the business. And so one of the key questions for them when they figured out their income stream is also what is their plan for the transfer of authority? which I call the learning plan for the successor. So that also behooves the, the father and the mother to be really clear about what they want their roles to be on the farm. And I'm also doing a webinar for BDO, which is an accounting firm in Canada that I do consulting work with. And we're doing a, a whole webinar on role and responsibility because that's where things shut down when the father or the mother is concerned that the next generation doesn't know enough yet to be a good manager. So there needs to be a lot of conversation about, okay, mom and dad, what are your roles going to be going forward? And most farmers, according to a study from Iowa State, most farmers have no plan whatsoever of retiring. So if they're not leaving, what are they doing? And that's the role issue. That's their identity and how they feel good about how they, how they transition the management. So the circles that we've talked about before in our other podcasts is the family circle, the business circle, and the ownership wealth management circle. And if, if the listeners can just think of Mickey Mouse and putting his ear as the family, his face as the business, and his other ear as ownership wealth management, they're all interlinked. And so it's really important that they have conversations about what their roles and responsibilities are going to look like. The other thing is really key is debt servicing and debt capacity. So Dad and mom will go to a financial planner and find out they don't have very much personal wealth to draw from. So what is the next generation expected to buy? What are they expected to go into debt for? And how much debt can that next generation actually service? And that's a big stumbling block for succession planning because many fathers and mothers don't want to pass on a huge legacy of debt to the next generation but we all know agriculture in 2020 and beyond requires debt servicing capacity in order to grow. And if you don't like debt and you don't want to have any debt, 
you're going to be stuck because I'm not really sure that that's going to be a really workable conversation. So the key things for Gen 1 are being clear about what they want the roles to be, also what a good day on the farm looks like for them going forward, and and that debt servicing issue for um, what they need to have in terms of their income stream. Now, for the successors, I always encourage successors to go to a lender, uh, their lender of choice, and get a, a snapshot today of what capacity they have to service debt. And I have a very nice story to tell you. I had a young farmer who went and found out that he was good for $750,000. And he went back to his father and he said, Dad, you don't need to just roll stuff over to me. I can pay you something and I want to do that. And it was a real watershed moment for that transition process because then the father knew that he was going to be economically well taken care of. And it was just doing the research, right? Finding out what was workable. So I also encourage young farmers to have a business plan or a vision because quite typically there's a lot of fighting over dad wanting things to stay the same and the son or the daughter coming back from ag college and saying, no, 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 I have a new plan. I have a new way of doing things. So it's really important that they share a vision of what the farm is going to look like going forward and that the next gen has the ability and the capacity to activate that vision and, and execute that business plan. And quite often I encourage families to do a smaller enterprise like custom spraying or custom haying or something that is the, the ownership of, of Gen 2 so that they can prove their management capabilities and show the older generation that, they, yes, they are passionate and they are committed to a successful operation. And it gives them a, a, that old 4-H path of learning to do by doing, right? Something they can call their own. So those are some of the the key things. There really needs to be financial transparency and the next generation needs to have relationships with the accountant, the banker, the lender, and needs to know what the viability of that operation is. I would think uh, farm transfer would be one of the more challenging times for a family farm, you know, because you're dealing with, you know, family. (laughs) So how do you overcome some of those bigger barriers? With a lot of patience and perseverance, I have an online course called Get Farm Transition Unstuck, and it really deals with a lot of the emotional factors affecting planning, which is kind of my sweet spot of how I coach families. So one of the big barriers, of course, is procrastination. We'll do it after haying. We'll do it after harvest. Oh, no, no, no. We'll do it. We'll do it after Christmas. Oh, no, no. We'll do it after. We'll have to do it after Easter. And then and then you've gone through. a whole. No, we'll do it after planting. And, and you see what's happened is you've gone through an entire farming year without getting this important strategic work done, which is the transition process. So I, I always tell people, get yourself a binder to start planning and get organized. And in that binder, you need eight tabs. You need to have family meetings to start having the communication that you and I have been talking about to, to really explore what people want. You can't make assumptions. You can't assume. You also need to bring all voices to the table. So another barrier are the in-laws. Let's just keep the women out of it and this will be fine. No, that's not a good idea because you want to prevent divorce on your farm as well when you're going through this process, which means you want all voices at the table and you want to be clear and you want to be kind and you want to have everybody's input, right? So the procrastination thing is a huge thing. And what I've just alluded to is the second big barrier, which is conflict avoidance. It's too hard. I don't want to upset my non-farming children. While everybody is sitting, waiting 
to figure out what are mom and dad planning to do. They're totally silent on this. We have no clue what their will says. We have no clue what their plans are. And it's like living on a time bomb. And William Bridges calls that the neutral zone. It's like being in a, in a pickup truck with a gear stick shift that you can't shift out of neutral because you're not going anywhere because that gear is not in gear, right? And so with transition planning, you have to get in gear to get out of that place of high stress and high anxiety, which is the place of not knowing. So you just look at this as a journey of finding out. Mom and dad, we need to find out what you need to live on. So you talk about money. We need to figure out how many families can this farm support. So you talk about viability and cash flow. We need to talk about what you're expected to buy. Well, then that's the debt thing, right? So you just need to keep uncovering all of the things for you to get clarity. So in this binder I'm talking about, the tabs I want you to put in are action meetings. So I want you to have family meetings. I want you to have a tab for legal, which is your will. I hope everyone listening to this has a valid will that was done by a lawyer and is signed. Powers of attorney. You need an accounting tab, which is, of course, your tax and and the cash flow projections, farm business management. You need a tab around your lifestyle. Because if mom and dad aren't retiring, that's fine. They're reinventing the role. But what is their lifestyle look? And I have a PDF on my website called, um, what do I want? And that's an important conversation for everybody to have. And then another tab that you need is your business plan. As I mentioned earlier, it's nice to know on one or two pages what the vision is for that farm. So when you have this binder, you become a project manager of your own transition process. And when you go to see your accountant or you go to see your lawyer or you go to see your financial planner or you go to see your lender, You have everything in one place that you can refer back to and say, oh yeah, we talked about that. This is the number. Oh yeah, we know what that is. Oh, we don't know what that is. So we'll put that in our communication tab to find out at our next family meeting. And you know, it sounds really simplistic, but I'm a home economist by degree. I have a 5,000 acre farm. I'm in my third succession journey. I've done it with my in-laws. I've done it with my parents. I'm now doing it with my 32-year-old son. And I'm walking the same journey as your listeners are. So these are practical tools that I want them to be able to focus on and then execute the journey. So how about getting some outside help? We hear about consultants and advisors. Uh, How does a family go about that? So first of all, there's the mindset shift, two mindset shifts. It's okay to ask for help, and that's not a sign of weakness. And the second shift is you want a fair exchange of value. Farmers hate to be gouged. They hate to waste money and they hate to pay taxes. Like they want good advice, but they also want to know that there's been a fair change of value for that input. The other thing with the procrastination and conflict avoidance piece is that many families will not be able to have really good family meetings unless there's an objective third party facilitating that meeting. And that's where I come in as a farm family coach. Um, So I believe your team of advisors for a very strong transition succession journey should be a a coach or a facilitator of family meetings. It should be a very strong accountant, a lawyer, an investment broker, an insurance specialist, uh, and a financial planner. And how many people have I named? About six different people. Now, some, some people have multiple roles. And so you might have an accountant who's really good at those empathy and communication skills and asking tough questions. And you have, and you have a good relationship with your accountant. That might be the person that you can use for facilitation. 
Um, but it's really important to know that you likely can't do this alone. The other thing you can do is you can copy success. So if you have a family down the road that's already gone through this process, talk to them. And I'm a big believer in word of mouth referrals. Ask them, who did you use? What worked? What didn't? What did you like? What was hard? And then the other piece of the team of advisors is within the family, you need what I call a driver. Typically, it's the next gen, the son or daughter or daughter-in-law, son-in-law, who are just bent on getting this done because they can't wait any longer. And I've had a lot of calls this month from 38 years old. I've had four 38-year-olds call me and say, Elaine, we've got to get this done. I said, interesting. You're 38 and you're approaching 40, which is when you absolutely need to have power and control over your future and, and, and have some stake in the equity. So I really think it's important for farmers to be open to choosing good advisors. In Canada, we have the Canadian Association of Farm Advisors and a huge directory across Canada. In the U.S., I would check with your accounting firm and also with people like Farm Credit and even your ag program specialists. They'll know who the good advisors are. You had mentioned fairness and conflict, and, and some may be hesitant to move forward because they want to avoid conflict. So conflict usually happens when people's expectations don't align and there's a huge disconnect. So F-A-I-R, my acronym for being fair is, my first question is, what does fairness look like to you? So as a founder and a founding, as a couple, what does fairness look like to you? If you're not aligned as a couple, you're not going anywhere. So you need to really work that through. The other thing is my definition of fair is helping everyone be successful. So I suspect you have three children. They're all different. One's a saver, one's a spender, and one's the one on the farm. So how are you going to treat them and what do they expect? And I agree with Brenny Brown who says, being clear is kind. I would invite listeners to have private, confidential conversations with each of their successors and beneficiaries or heirs, whatever you want to call them, and ask them, what are you expecting from me and dad? And what are you expecting from this farm? And I think it would be interesting to know that many times when I talk to Jen too, they say, oh, Elaine, mom and dad have worked so hard. I just want them to have a decent life. It pains me to see how they're, they're not spending money on themselves or they're scrimping by or they're sacrificing. They shouldn't have to do that anymore. I want them to have a good life. And so you might be surprised when you ask the question, what does fairness look like to you? And what do you need to be successful to have the child come back and say, mom, I just want you to have a good life. I'll be okay. Anything I get would be a bonus. So that's one approach. The other thing is that I have farming sons and daughters who have taken on a lot of risk and responsibility by being the next generation. And they understand they've been given an opportunity to create wealth, but they just see themselves as a steward of that wealth and they're not planning on cashing out. And so they have an intention, which is the I in the fair acronym. Their intention is to make sure everyone in the family is doing well. So if there's a sibling in downtown Madison who's you know, wanting to buy a new house or needs help with their mortgage, they'll have a conversation around, well, the farm could help you out with that. And, and that's just a whole different culture of how the family dynamic works. So there's no one right answer, but your attitude towards money is really important to talk about what money means to you 
and I have some a next gen who say, well, if my dad really loved me, he'd cut me a check for a hundred grand by next Friday. And I'm going, that's not going to happen. That's an unreasonable expectation. I also have profile sheets that, that the children show me that, well, there's four kids in this farm, so we each should get a quarter of it. That again is a totally unreasonable expectation. So you need a lot of courage and strength as the parent to say, these are the numbers. This is what the farm needs as a business to be viable and to be healthy. This is what we need as the parents to have the life we've always wanted. And this is what your farming brother or sister needs to have to be able to service the debt. So this is what the numbers look like, and this is what it's going to be. And then, of course, we have to manage risk, right? We do that with insurance and other uh, good financial plans, but we don't know if we're going to get cancer, heart attack, or stroke, or MS, or whatever. And all of that can also be handled through critical illness insurance and other things. And I also want to speak to families who have disabled children. Um, We have a family member. I have an heir who is not able to work. And so in our financial plan, we have to come up with a trust situation and and a plan to talk about how is this person going to be cared for when I'm no longer here. And so every family is unique and there's no one cookie cutter approach to how you're going to address all of those risks. A lot to think about and hopefully not too overwhelming for the family farm out there. Anxiety for farm families is truly there and a huge sense of overwhelm about this process. But that's where I want them to have the mindset shift. This is a journey. And the Chinese have a saying, you start the journey of a thousand miles with one step. So you just keep taking the next step. And that's what I would coach them to. Decide what's most important. Do that piece and then take the next step. Yes, putting one foot in front of the other. You also mentioned having the right mindset helps. Your attitude affects everything about your actions. So if you are in an anxious and overwhelmed place, I want you to ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Are you afraid of losing wealth? And if that's the case, then you confirm that that's not going to happen by using a financial planner and figuring out what you need to live. Are you afraid of a loss of identity? Okay, if you don't know what your roles are going to be as you age and as you no longer want to work so hard on the farm, Tell me what a good day on the farm looks like to you. What is it where you're in flow, where you lose all track of time? And Michael Sentmihai wrote this book called Finding Flow. And when we're in flow, we're doing what we're built to do and wired to do. And that may change. And so have some conversations with your spouse about what does a good day on the farm look like to you? And if your spouse is saying, I've given you my best 40 or 50 years, when is it my turn? Then you may have to go to another advisor, which is a counselor. You may need marriage counseling, and you, you may need some counseling around negotiating better conflict resolution and, and uh, communication so that you feel that your needs are being met. So as a farm advisor, I just want people to know it's a journey. It's, it's not a destination. And as we go through life, our plans will make the best plans we can in this year And, you know, we update our will probably every three years or even less than that because our situation changes or something happens and there needs to be a course correction. So don't be really hard on yourself. The other thing I want you to do is come from curiosity. Come from a mindset of, Dad, I'm just curious. You don't seem happy anymore. What's troubling you about this process? Or, Mom, 
are you okay? And, and, and maybe mom had a private or a secret dream that she was going to give $100,000 to her daughter in, in Chicago or something, but she can't do that now because the farm hasn't been as profitable or there's been other demands on their finances. And so she's grieving the loss of something and she can't quite put her finger on it. So you can tell as I'm speaking, it's not just about money and the transfer of land and putting other people's name on the title. There's so many layers of complexity. And so I just want families to ask really good questions, come from an intention of kindness, compassion, and grace and say, you know, mom, I'm just curious or son, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see your commitment. Are you really committed to this farm? And, and that's a big stumbling block for founders is they want to know that what they're passing or handing over or transitioning is going to be well taken care of and not just flipped in the next five years when the real estate prices get really high on that cornfield, right? So it, there's a lot of things, but I, I would encourage listeners to just go to farmfamilycoach.com and download my free family toolkit to get started. And I have over 250 blogs and books and things that will just help them get their head around all the different layers of what they need to look at and just take, just keep taking one step at a time, but don't procrastinate. Don't say, Oh, it's okay. We'll do it after harvest. We have to enjoy the summer. Well, I'll tell you, do you remember the year 2000? That was 20 years ago and it's gone by really fast. And I'll just leave you with this parting thought that life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end of the roll, the faster it rolls. <laughs> Boy, that's for sure. What a great analogy. That's Elaine Fraze, a Canadian farmer and farm transition specialist. Once again, her website is farmfamilycoach.com. The Wisconsin Farm Center with the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection provides an array of different services to farmers and farm families across Wisconsin, including farm mediation, financial planning, herd-based diagnostics, the counseling voucher program, and much more. To learn more, you can call the Wisconsin Farm Center toll-free at 1-800-942-2474 or email them farmcenter at wisconsin.gov. Also, their website address is datcp.wi.gov. Also, if you're experiencing depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, or just need a welcoming ear to talk to, call the free and confidential 24-7 Wisconsin Farmer Wellness Hotline at 888-901-2558. That's 888-901-2558 to talk with a licensed mental health professional any day, any time.